Well, hey there. Thanks so much for joining us and being a part of our YA family. And I know that I'm a little late to the party here, but Happy New Year. I'm very excited about the, the possibilities that this new year holds. But not because I believe that it's going to be super easy or that it's going to make up for 2020 somehow. In fact, don't we all know some people that are claiming that 2021 is the year of greatness? They're proclaiming the blessings of God and being hyper-positive about what the next 12 months hold? Well, I'm not one of those people. Instead, I'm convinced that we've learned a lot in the past year. And we can actually take those lessons and apply them to our lives. I was actually laughing with a friend of mine who's a pastor in Manitoba about all the sermon series we heard at the beginning of 2020 that talked about a clear vision and a great year of purpose and blessing ahead of us. Obviously, we had no idea what was coming. So as I was preparing for our time together at the beginning of this new year, I wanted to avoid any proclamations that I can't back up or make any promises that aren't written in Scripture Instead, I want us to start this year asking ourselves some difficult questions about the type of men and women that we want to be in 2021. I want to scrub off the thin veneer of hyper-positivity we see around us so we can actually look at the year ahead of us through a deep and robust faith that is driven by humility and through surrender. In the book of Acts, specifically chapters 13 and 14, we read about Paul's mission through an area of the ancient Middle East known as Galatia. During his time there, he planted churches in cities like Lystra, Derbe, and Cyprus, and boldly confronted church leaders and false prophets with the truth of the gospel of Jesus. He was successful in planting many churches, but it didn't take long for them to get off course enough that Paul had to write them a letter to help guide them back in line with Jesus' teaching. So shortly after his missionary journey, sometime around 48 AD, Paul wrote Galatians. It's known as an epistle because it was a letter to a group of churches. And it's called Galatians because it was written to the churches in the province of Galatia. And even though it's debated, it's quite likely and widely assumed and accepted that this letter was actually Paul's first letter that he wrote in the New Testament. And the thrust of Galatians is correcting the desire that church leaders had to return to obeying the Old Testament and Jewish law. You see, these new churches were being pulled back into old habits, old ways of living, and they had lost uh, the power of Jesus and his new covenant, or the new promise, in other words, that he had made. So Paul writes to these churches to remind them that while Israel had been set apart by practices commanded in the Torah, the Jewish Bible, that now they had been set apart because of the work of Jesus. In chapter 2, verse 16 of this letter, Paul writes, A person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Jesus Christ, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Catch this, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. In other words, Jesus transforms us. Not our own power, not our own desire, not even our own hard work. It is Jesus working through his Holy Spirit that can bring transformation to even the most broken and worn out person. This is the good news. This is the gospel. So what does this mean for you and for me? Well, I think it points to where most of us find ourselves in any given January. 
We look at the year ahead of us and we begin to plan and set goals. But what if there was a better way? What if there was a series of life hacks found in the book of Galatians that would set out some patterns for healthy living? Would you be interested in hearing them? Do you think that you could benefit from getting out of the vicious cycle of the inevitable regrets that come with unfulfilled resolutions? You know, the lofty promises we tell ourselves that don't come to fruition, which leads us to making even bigger promises to compensate for our previous failures. Uh, I know it all too well. And it just keeps going around and around and around. Well, Galatians is broken into three sections that can help us develop some patterns to actually improve our lives and make us more into the men and women that God has designed and destined us to be in this coming year and for the years to come. The first is chapters 1 and 2. We've already covered the thesis for this section of Galatians a few moments ago. In verse 16 of chapter 2, we're told that, that it is Jesus who brings life, not our own power, not our own desires, not even the old law that had served Israel for so many generations. It's in this opening section that Paul begins to try and correct the church leaders because they had started to confuse Jesus' teaching by relying on their own interpretation and desire to blend the old and the new together. Paul opens his letter with some standard greetings and then jumps right into a pretty harsh indictment of where the churches have found themselves. Starting in verse 6, we read this, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, listen, I would not be a servant of Christ. You might be wondering, what had they exchanged the gospel for? Well, in short, they were trying to make non-Jewish people follow Jewish traditions and law. Gentiles, which is anyone who is not Jewish, were being taught that they needed to follow the Torah, which included a bunch of laws that Jesus had come to fulfill. One particularly important law that they were advocating for was circumcision. And if you don't know what that is, please don't Google image search it. Just ask somebody you trust. The point of all of this is that Paul was coming against the leaders and the church members and trying to correct their misguided theology. He was trying to teach them that there is no room for altering the truth found in Scripture. That Jesus' way is better than our way. So this brings us to the point of this message. On one hand, you have Paul's mission and purpose and calling. And on the other, you have the Galatian church and their misguided theology. But you're probably thinking, how are those things related? Well, let me explain. Every year, we're told to make resolutions, to set goals, and to mark out a path to self-improvement. But we're rarely told to slow down and listen for God's voice in that process. Tell me, does, does this sound familiar? We come into the new year carrying all the shame of our failures and shortcomings of the year before 
So we vow to change, to be better, to not repeat that same pattern of living. We begin with the best of intentions and sometimes we even change our systems to try and achieve a different result. But we do it without taking the time to seek God on whether or not those goals are his goals. And we often forget that God might have something better for us to work toward. Let me say it this way. Maybe losing weight is part of your goal for this year. And it's safe to assume that God wants you to be healthy and that losing weight probably doesn't go against his plan for your life. However, through spending time in prayer and meditating in his presence, he may reveal to you that you need to take less classes this year or maybe scale back your dedication to work so that you can take a more holistic approach to life. This would certainly include your physical health and weight loss, but it would also foster a deeper spiritual life which would result in more meaningful friendships, less stress, and perhaps open the door for a romantic relationship or improve one that you are already in. The point is, is that when we choose our own desires and our goals, whether they come naturally or they're influenced by the world around us, we trust ourselves to produce strength and determination. But God calls us to find our strength in Jesus. But it requires that we subscribe to his plan for our lives instead of relying on our own creativity and desires. Now, I want to be clear. The women and men in Galatia started with the greatest of intentions. Paul actually says in Galatians 3, 26 to 27, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Here, Paul is remembering a time when they were on fire for Jesus. When they set out to be people that followed Jesus' teaching, but then they lost track of that vision as it became less about Jesus and more about their desire to be holy and pure on their own. The thing that would draw them away from Jesus was the very thing that Jesus had come to fulfill, the Old Testament law. But we also see in Paul that there is the possibility uh, of living a life that's dedicated to Christ's plan for each of us. You see, Paul's name was once Saul, and when he lived under that name, he also lived under the Jewish law and was passionate about that cause. In chapter 1, Paul describes it for us. He says, For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people uh, and, and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. My immediate response was not to consult any human being. Friends, Paul provides an example of a person that lives their life sold out for Christ. A man who was deeply passionate about Jesus, who committed his life to his, save, to his Savior and in return lived a life that was rich in person, uh, purpose, that made such an impact on the world that 2,000 years later, we're talking about him right now. In James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, which, by the way, I do highly recommend if you're wanting to make some changes in your life that God has called you to, writes this, You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. The difference between Paul and the church in Galatia is that Paul changed the systems of his life. He left Judaism and pursued Christ fully. He surrounded himself with men and women that shared that same purpose and mission. The church, on the other hand, 
tried to follow Jesus through their old system, to have Jesus plus all the laws and restrictions of Judaism. If we want to be people of change, if we want to be men and women that are on fire for Jesus and to live lives that are bigger than ourselves, we must change the systems that are in place. We all know uh, that life hacks are sometimes simple and wonderful. Other times, they're rather silly and useless. But developing a pattern of listening for the voice of God, which leads to pursuing Jesus above all else, is a life hack that is worth the effort. Uh, The author of Atomic Habits that we just read about uh, sums this up so well when he writes this, Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. No single instance will transform your beliefs, but as the votes build up, so does the evidence of your new identity. So let's commit together that this year, we will begin to build up a new identity that's founded in Jesus and not our own hopes and desires. Let's live like Paul who wrote to the church, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me.